Welcome to another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today, if you would open up your words, we're going to be going to the book of Habakkuk to begin with. And this year, I'm going to be preaching a little more extemporaneously. And uh, I provided some notes today, but uh, don't always expect notes. What I'm doing is I'm going to try to transition you from reading my notes to making your own notes. Okay? Because God's going to be speaking to you. He may speak to you something uh, on, on just on a little different um, way than what he says to me. And so I want to encourage each one of you to, to get you a little notepad. Now, if you will bring it to church, and if, well, it will, not even that. If you don't have a notepad, you stop out there by the, by the information desk. And I don't know what those things sell for, but I will buy every one of you one, okay? And they'll just tell me, I don't know whoever's responsible over that. Isn't that Ethan? Ethan, you keep a count of your product out there, okay? And then you let me know, and I'll just write you a check for it. If you don't have a way to keep notes, you get one of those little gray books that says Church on the Rock on it, and that way you can keep some notes, all right? Because God's going to say things that there's just not enough time for me to tell all the hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people what God wants them to hear. So he'll speak to you, even though I'm speaking, you may hear something in your heart that is just for you. Now, my job today is to preach the word of God that God has given me. Your job today is to get at least two things. One thing for you that you change your life and one thing that you can give to somebody else this week, all right? Now, don't be selfish. Don't keep both of them, all right? Uh, get, you know, get one to eat and get one to sow. And let's get in the habit of making a difference in our week. The book of Habakkuk, chapter 1. Okay, um, now, Habakkuk was not only speaking to a day of Christ, which was about to come, but Habakkuk was also speaking to our day. The parallels are, are, are amazing. And so let's listen to this prophet Habakkuk, and let's imagine that, it's, that, 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 that a prophet today, we're writing this about today, huh? Verse 1, the burden of the prophet Habakkuk, uh, which, which the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, he said, this is what he saw. How long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Oh my goodness. How many people imagine they've been praying to a closed heaven, a seemingly death ear in heaven because we have been crying out to God for a long period of time even pointing out the violence in our nation our community in the earth the injustice that has long been going on how long Habakkuk said will I cry and you will not hear even cry out Lord look at the violence look at all that's going on and you will not say why do you show me iniquity oh how many times have people gone to the Lord and said, why in the world do you even let me see this? Why are you letting me discern what's going on? Why do I see this like other people don't see it? Why do I see this as something that is unjust, immoral, ungodly, and yet, Lord, others don't? Why do you let me see iniquity? 
Why do you cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Doesn't it sound like Habakkuk has a today argument with God? Doesn't it sound like Habakkuk has a complaint today that I'm looking around and I'm seeing injustice and I'm seeing all of the, all the trouble and all of the, uh, all the things that are going on around? Why are you showing me this? You know, we had almost rather just shut up and let it go by. Turn off the news. Turn off. I mean, we don't even want to hear it, but you can't escape it. I mean, I turned off the news a long time ago, and yet I still continue to see the violence, the injustice, the plundering. I wonder why in the world is this going on? Am I the only one that sees it? Am I the only one that realizes that this world is getting farther and farther and farther away from God? In a day, we don't even talk about it anymore. But in California, where a law passed to where if you you are under 24 year, under 25 years of age. You can have a consensual sex with a 14 year old, and you cannot, you know, as long as there's not more than a 10 year gap. You know, basically, it's 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 not even prosecutable. There's a law that's been what? What are we doing? Hello, we don't even want to hear about it. Time fails me to tell you of all the things we don't want to hear about. It's amazing. It's like we want to put our head in the sand because perverse judgment proceeds. Well, the Lord did not leave Habakkuk right there. The Lord knew that the world was tough and difficult and wicked. In fact, the Lord had been having this problem since creation. Since Adam and Eve in the garden ate of the forbidden fruit and sin entered into the world. And the prince of the darkness of this world became powerful in the minds and the hearts of men and women. Evil began all the way up to Noah. And finally, there was so much evil in the world about 1,648 years or so after God had created Adam, God destroyed the earth with a flood and saved Noah and Noah's wife and sons and his sons' wives. But since they got off the boat... Things have still been deteriorating, and we have been seeing God choose people to speak through people. Do you know in Noah's day, the Bible called Noah a preacher of righteousness? For some reason, God has decided that the best way that he can help people is through someone preaching, get right with God. God did that in the days of Noah. God let Noah preach about 120 years, a message of righteousness, but no one listened. God raised up prophets. He raised up judges. He raised up kings. He raised up priests in every generation, including this generation. He's raised up a church. He's raised up preachers. He's raised up evangelists and pastors and teachers and apostles to speak the word of God. And every message should be aimed at get right with God. Because when you're right with God, you are a light shining in the midst of this darkness. In Habakkuk's day, it was no different. God raised up Habakkuk to speak. 
to a world that was lost and in sin and hurting and wicked. And God has raised me up, raised up Pastor Vaughn, Pastor Ken, so many others. Many of you, God has raised you up in a workplace, in, 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 in a schoolroom, a classroom, in, in a community, on the social media, has raised you up to at least bring light to darkness so that others can see that light and glorify God and have a chance to hear what is right versus what is perverse. There's no way that God has abandoned man ever. Man has fallen into sin, however, and sin knows no boundaries. It gets worse and worse and worse and left to itself without being checked will completely overcome a community, a nation, a people, a generation. As Habakkuk was there bemoaning what he saw, all of the evil, the perverseness, the injustice, the violence, the plundering, all of the wicked who were surrounding the righteous, all of the lies that were covering the truth, all of those who were representing the evil of this world, the Lord spoke to him in the next verse. And the Lord said, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. I'm going to shock you, God says. For I will work a work in your days. He didn't say, I will work a work at the end of time. He didn't say, I will work a work sometime in a future generation. He said, I will work a work in your days. Now listen to me. This is a word from the Lord for your today. This is a now word. This is an anointed word. It's hitting me and hitting you and hitting the earth with some different power with some different unction with a word a refreshing word from God I know where it sits in history I know the word that it was to those people and I know that not every word can be taken out of the general context to another people and applied just because you want it to you cannot just cherry pick the word of God and choose something that fits your moment that champions your cause and use it as a platform by which you can claim God is with us however this word has come off the page into the heart of your pastor a proven man of God who's taught the word of God to you who told you in the year 2019 I stood here and told you at the end of 2019 that 2020 would be a year of increase and my last words in 2019 was that I wish it was not so you may not remember that. We went into 2020, and the pastors that I shared that word with, even around the nation and around the world, they said, I thought you said this was going to be a year of increase. I said, that's what God spoke to me. Look back on it and see. Do you know that there were 5.2 million more millionaires made in the year 2020 than there was in 2019. You know, we, when was going to 20? 5.2 million more millionaires that year. In fact, you know, in the last 12 months, the number of billionaires in the United States has increased by 31%, according to Forbes. How does that happen? It's because it's increased. I said some of you may not see the increase. Some of you may not feel the increase. 
But this will be a year of increase, more financial increase, and look back on it and see if it was not so. That same man that stood there and told you that, the same person that stood here and told you back 20, let's see, almost 30 years ago now, that God spoke to me to raise up a church in Russia. Well, look now at all of that. And, and, and when I visited Pastor Robert, he and, he and Charlotte were pastoring that church. I said, you know what we're going to do? God's going to let us do this, do, 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 do. And then God began to raise up people. Pastor Robert and Charlotte took their family there, and there the church stands today. The first time I went to visit them, I was preaching in a theater. You remember Pastor Robert? I, I, I was speaking English. I had a Russian interpreter, and all the people out there spoke Russian, and I didn't know what to do, so I taught them a song in Swahili. And there I was on the stage, and I was singing and dancing. Moto, 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 moto me waka. Moto, 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 moto me waka. Kama sequia Pentecost. Moto me waka. Kama sequia Pentecost. Moto me waka. Do you know every time I go back there? Do you know what the whole church does here 25, 28 years later? When I, before I, they call me up to preach, the whole church, moto, 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 moto me waka. I mean, we have now seven churches meeting in that one building. Isn't that amazing? Wow. It is an amazing thing. And the young man, his first time to ever come to church, he had never been to church before, sitting out there in the congregation. I was preaching along with an interpreter, and the Spirit of God came upon me. I went down and pointed out that young man. He was 14 years old, and his parents didn't know he was there and didn't even want him to come to church. And I said, Thus saith the Lord. Almighty God's hand is upon you, and God is going to make you like me. And what you see me doing today, you will do. God has called you to be a pastor. He didn't even have any frame of reference, you remember? I, you remember that Pastor Sergey? <laughs> He's now the pastor of all of the churches. Praise the name of the Lord. That same guy that did that is standing here telling you, thus saith the Lord, God is going to do something powerful this year. And he's willing to do it through you. He's willing to underwrite his will in your life. He will underwrite it not only by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blood of the Lamb, but also by the faith that you will allow him to grow in your heart. It's important to realize that he is going to utterly astound us. This word has become rhema in my heart. For I will work a work in your days, he says, in your days, which you would not believe though it were told you. You might say, hold on a second. No, wait. Did you believe the year of increase when it got to about March? <laughs> Look behind us. My goodness. God's going to do something that right now... It is almost impossible to imagine what God is going to do. God has a part, which only God can do, and he will do his part, but we also have a part. Faith, our trust in God, is an earthly, temporal, mortal message. 
Heaven needs no faith. But God needs you to believe this on earth. In heaven you will need no faith. Faith is an earthly mortal message. And without faith in this life, we cannot please God. It's important that realizing that faith is only an earthly matter and that faith matters in the earth by, by our own choice we will enter into a period and a season of reconnect with God. It's going to be your choice. It's going to be up to you. Because God is going to be offering a reconnecting, a great reconnecting, a season of reconnecting. You know, it may not have been your choice to be disconnected from others, maybe disconnected from God. Maybe it wasn't your choice. Maybe it was because of something you did or didn't do. But most likely it was not your choice. It was a product of the enemy trying to separate and divide. Trying to divide uh, the, the, the political lines. Trying to divide racial, uh, racial lines. Trying to make us angry. Divided families, communities, churches, um, nations. Bringing division after division after division over things that in the big picture just were not true. It may not have been your choice to become disconnected during this past season. But God is offering an opportunity in this season for us to reconnect. And reconnect in a valuable, in might I say a critical way. You've done well by showing up this morning online here on campus. You've done well. You've taken your step. You have said, here I am, God. Speak to me. You may not even known why, you know, why you were coming, what you were doing, but yet in your heart, if you will open your heart, Almighty God is going to reconnect in a greater way. And He's going to reconnect you with others and reconnect you with that faith that once filled you. He's going to connect you as well with a power from on high. And God is going to use us this year in a greater way. You don't have to become spooky. You're not going to have to become obnoxious. You're not going to be cranky. You're not going to be angry. You're not going to all of these things. You're going to be powerful. You're going to be happy and filled with joy and filled with peace. You're going to be a representation of Jesus Christ in the earth. That's God's desire. I've witnessed a collective apathy. Have you guys witnessed that? This is what the devil desires, is to make us apathetic toward the things of God. Apathetic toward the news. Apathetic toward what's going on in the world. Apathetic. If anything, you're trying to wear you down with apathy. Wear you down so it wears you out, so you don't even want to know, don't even want to see, don't even want to go, don't even want to participate. Just leave me alone. Let me shut the door. I'm okay. Me and God and my six best friends, we can make it. Okay? The devil has done his best to create a personal and a collective apathy. You know, coupled with the desire to just stop hearing all of the divisive things, all of the opinions, all the aggravations of those who still seem to care. Have, have you in the last little bit wondered, why are they still caring? <laughs> you know, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing can be done. Well, that's really not the truth, by the way. Okay, uh, you know, uh, people imagine what difference does it make anyway. I was visiting with my son just uh, a couple of days ago, and he repeated this to me. He said, Dad, the next step from apathy is anger. 
The only way that, 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 that people can be you know, moved out of apathy, once you get into apathy, the, the, the only way to move out of it is anger. And, and, and this is a concern, that anger is about to come along right behind apathy, and all we do is just get angry, but there's nothing done. You know, uh, when, when, when you take a step out of apathy, the only way to, to, to get you out of apathy is to get you angry. And that's what the enemy wants as well. The enemy wants us to now get angry and just get mad at people who don't think like you think, don't want what you want. It's the vaxxed against the unvaxxed. It's those who are, you know, why, come on. One more thing to divide us over. Get real. Somebody's pulling the strings behind the scenes. Somebody owns both teams. They don't care who wins. They just want control of you. It's called the devil and his minions. I've already seen this in play. Families and friends and workplaces, communities, even churches, divided and angry over opinions as though those opinions were facts. You may not have the facts. You probably don't have the facts. There, there is a way out not imagined by this world. The world cannot imagine a way out. But the way out is going to catch the devil by surprise because all, God always catches the devil by surprise. God always confuses the enemy and ends up turning them on themselves and catches them by surprise. Do you know, you know it, it, it was so surprising that when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. It even surprised his disciples that he was crucified. And then it surprised them and the rest of the world that he was resurrected. God catches the enemy by surprise. And he's going to catch the enemy by surprise once again. Uh, you know, uh, listen, it's, 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 you know, it's easy to see that the world is caught up in their own self-importance. It's easy to see that, that there's this false independence, this false pride, this false you know, uh, uh, narrative on both sides of the aisle. I'm not picking the side of an aisle. I am neither a Democrat nor a Republican, nor am I an independent. I'm a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. I believe in voting. This nation that God has given us is valuable to God, and therefore I will do everything I can to preserve its validity in the hands of God. But I am not here just to make America great. I'm here to make Jesus seen and heard in the earth. Nations come and go. Our nation is the longest standing government on the face of the earth. I joined the military as a volunteer, and I would do it again because God has a vested interest in this nation. And I would be happy to fight and to give my life in defense of these decided best interests. But I won't do it from a political standpoint or to make some military-industrial complex wealthier I would do it for Jesus there's always been a way out with the Lord it's called getting right with him it's called and we imagine that this world will never get right well the world system and the prince of this world will never get right and those who follow the prince of the darkness of this world and those who follow gain you know uh, you know uh, 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 truth is sacrificed for gain when you start seeing truth and justice sacrificed for gain, you'll know it's a world system. Truth is truth. The way out 
has always been getting right with God. The devil's been working behind the scenes. He's been grandstanding. The devil's been deceiving the masses. But God has a part to play. And I know that God will do his part. The only thing God wants to know is, will I do my part? Will you do your part? Will we play our part in this great reconnect? There are some next steps. What can you expect from God? What can you expect from your pastor? What can you expect from this church in the year 2022 and other churches around our community and our nation? Well, let me tell you what you can expect. God is going to work a work in our day. If we were told it right now, we'd be hard to imagine what God is going to do this year, what God is going to do in the coming years, how God is going to bring about not only victory in a situation, but victory over a situation, and to save people out of the darkness that the devil, out of the apathy that the devil, out of the anger that the devil, out of the division that the devil has perpetrated against God's people and against the earth. And our church is going to provide a strong and courageous leadership in 2022. And that's what we're going to make out of each one of you is a strong and a courageous leader. Every one of you, you're going to shake off that apathy and you're going to end up having something to say for God, something to do for Jesus, not in an obnoxious way, not in a braggadocious way, not in a condescending way, not in a critical, judgmental way, not in some spooky spiritual way, but rather in a godly way that will change the minds and change the hearts because God behind the scenes is working on minds and hearts and you don't know who it is, you don't know how close they are. I I see it in my spirit, people standing right on the edge of the cliff, right ready. They are ready right now to say yes to Jesus just as much as the apostle Paul was on the road to Damascus. No one knew it. No one understood where he was. He had letters in his hands and he was going to arrest and he was going to drag back to Jerusalem righteous, Bible-believing, born-again Christians. He was going to persecute them and prosecute them and execute them if he could but yet he was standing right on the edge of a born again experience right on the edge of a glorious coming to Jesus moment right on the edge of a greatest miracle that God would do in his life and there as he stood on that edge with vile violent intense in his heart Boom! A light shined and he was born again. Changed him from Saul of Tarsus, the feared, uh, ungodly persecutor of the church, to one of the greatest apostles of the Lamb. Wow. You don't know who is standing on that edge this morning. We cannot afford to discount any person we come into contact with. We cannot imagine that because vile and violent things are coming out of their mouth, we cannot imagine that because they are on one side or another side of a political perspective, because they believe in vaccinations or don't believe in vaccinations, we cannot let that be the deciding factor as to whether we are going to bring Christ to them. Because 
because as they stand right on the edge of that moment, one word, one light, one prophetic utterance, one word of knowledge, one word of wisdom, the Bible says, will all of a sudden make them realize that there is a man or a woman of God in our midst. And that conviction of the Holy Spirit will open up their hearts because God has them ready. You don't know who it is, so don't say no to eternity for any person this year. Our church is going to arm you with the right ammunition, with the right words, with the right perspective, with a good, godly, hopeful word, without respect to where you go or who you encounter. The Holy Spirit will grant you an action. We're going to sharpen ourselves as we connect with the very basics of what God is doing in the earth. We're going to embark on this strong and powerful reconnection with the roots and the doctrines of Jesus Christ in 2022. We will follow the pattern of the first church as is seen in the book of Acts. We will reconnect with the Word of God and the will of God, first concerning our faith, our individual and our corporate faith. This will include the power of prayer, by the way. Okay, We're going to learn how to pray in faith. Not pray in fear, not pray in frustration, but how to pray in faith. It will also include the power of prophecy. We're going to learn how to prophesy. We're going to stir up that gift on the inside of you so that you can speak on behalf of God. You can speak confidently on behalf of God. Okay? You can speak uh, to, to the edification, exhortation, and comfort of that moment in a way that pierces that shell that people have in their hearts and minds. You're going to find yourself becoming an able minister of the new covenant of Christ if you will open up your hearts and you will find yourself um, activating things that God wants to do and Him manifesting Himself through your life on a regular, consistent basis. You're going to know not only who you are, but why you are going where you're going and what to do when you get there. That is going to be basic. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit we're going to see in operation in our church. We're going to stop playing to the archives, as I've, I've, I've told in my last few meetings. I've told our staff and I've told our production. We're going to stop playing to the archives. We're going to start playing to the moment of God okay and whatever happens some of you saw this morning as we went live right in the middle of something we were doing we're going to go back to our altar calls we're going to go back to our laying on of hands we're going to go back to to our speaking in tongues and we're going to go back to our prophecies and our message some of you I dare say have never heard a message in tongues and it interpreted and that that, that's, oh, that, that scares me yeah I want to scare you I want to I want to just absolutely excite you and enthrall all you we're going to go back to dancing before the lord we're going to go back to join joining down in the altar for a time of of dedication and 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 prayer and and and, and you know we're we're going to get back to the roots of what what first our, our our first love and see what god will do faith we also are going to, to reconnect with the will and the Word of God concerning our family. Our family as the first field of service. It's our first responsibility and our first field of service is our family. How do we serve our family, Jesus, and then how do we serve Jesus with our family? We're going to pay special attention to that. And listen, if you're having trouble with your family, I want you to know God is too. 
you're not in bad company. God's having trouble with his family too. People often ask me whenever a, a, a son or a daughter goes a little wayward, they say, oh my goodness, it must be my fault. I said, well, you know, Adam and Eve pulled one on God. And I don't know that it was his fault. Sometimes the devil just finds a crack and he does his best to pull people away. But we're going to do our best to keep them in. But while we got them, we're going to serve them, Jesus, and we're going to serve you know, them together. We're going to serve Jesus with our families. And we're going to believe God for restoration of our families. Okay, we're going to, we're going to start, start not only bombarding heaven, but we are also going to start sowing some seeds of being a blessing to other people's family. You just watch and see the number of people and, the, and, and, and how God begins to restore families and then see what it'll do in your family as well and strengthen families. We're going to also uh, reconnect with the will of God concerning our finances how to receive a greater blessing from god and how to be a greater blessing of god with our resources let me just say resources they're just finances we're not going to make anything about money it's not about money it's about resources what god is willing to bless you with because he loves you that you might need and that you can use and you can enjoy but also what you can do with your resources not just your time your treasure and your talent but your influence God is, 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 is connecting you so that you can connect others. We're going to learn how to spend our spiritual resources to benefit the kingdom of God because we will not need them once we get to heaven. Those things are meant to be used on earth to better yourself and the will of God. How to be responsible over the resources God's made available to you. And also, we're going to take the word and the will of God and we're going to understand and reconnect with our future. Not just the future in heaven, but the future on earth. What do we do now? What do we do about our now? We want to be armed every day for our now, and we can do that with the Word of God. Let me encourage you, it's only January the 2nd. If you have not adopted a Bible reading plan for this year, you need to read through the Bible this year. And if you don't have anything better to do, let me tell you, download the YouVersion Bible onto your, onto your phone, YouVersion Bible on your phone. I know you can do this, okay, or your, or, or your tablet. And then go to Bible plans, get one of the Bible Bible plans. If you don't have another one, get the one-year Bible. You know, uh, get the chronological Bible. Get one of the plans. And all you got to do every morning when you get up, you can do it before you get up. I challenge you, just reach over there as soon as the alarm hits. Set the alarm for about seven to ten minutes early and reach over there and push play and let it read that day's uh, a, a word of God to you. You know, do it in the car on the way to work. Just give God a moment. And then find some time every day this year, at least, you know, at least every day you think about it to find some time on your knees before God you have a part to play in this reconnect it can pass you by it can happen right beside you and you never be a part of it you can go right down the road with people singing and dancing and you can be mouthing the words but it not be in here if you want it in here you're going to have to participate you're going to have to actually let God into your heart and into your mind do that through some Bible reading this year just you know and and if you miss a day uh, so what you missed a day okay but but make this a habit make this a perpetual habit read through the word of god 
I have some t- statistics that, uh, that were given to me that you, you would probably be shocked at. How much, if you traded the average social media time to the average reading of the Bible, you could read the Bible through about, I don't, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand times this year. Just, just the time that it takes. Okay? It's, it's amazing. You know, our future is two-part. It's, it's, it's eternal, and that's what the Word of God is primarily aimed at. But here, it's getting people to eternity. It's about our now, in this world, that where, where judgment is perverse, and there is plundering and robbing and injustice. But God is going to work, work in our day. He's going to work it through us. And it's going to affect so many people in the world. Not all of them. Not every wicked person is going to get saved. Not every lost person is going to come to Christ. Not every Christian is going to be a light. Not every Christian is going to live like God wants them to live. And not every lost person is going to get saved. But I'm not letting that be my narrative. I am going to do what I can. You know, I may not catch all the fish in the sea, but that's not going to keep me from going fishing. Amen? Now... Uh, God is doing a great work in the earth. Thank you for all that you have done. But let me tell you why. Why it is that there's so much evil growing in the earth and why, uh, what the pursuit is. The Holy Spirit revealed it to us in 1 Timothy, and I'll be closing with this. In 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter and verse 10, the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, neither God nor your pastor has any problem at all with you having money. In fact, God and me both, I'd like you to have more money. I pray for you to have money. I say the word money in my prayers when I'm praying for you. God, give them more money. Okay, Don't be afraid to pray for money. The general will of God is that you have more money. That's the general will of God. It's not specific and it is conditional. Okay? But the reason why God wants to bless you and the reason why there are so many blessings and the reason why Jesus said more about money while he was ministering on the earth recorded in the Gospels than he said about heaven and hell combined is because that's the way the gospel goes forward. In fact, Jesus' last you know, few days, Jesus spent looking for someone with money so that he could get them to bless some poor people around Jericho. He talked to the young rich ruler. He said no. Then he went and found Jairus. And it was all about having access to resources to accomplish the will of God. And it was the rich that buried Jesus, Nicodemus and, and, and Joseph of Arimathea, who buried Jesus and brought spices. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you, you can take the haves and meet the needs of the have-nots. Okay? And God wants you to be a need meter, whether it is financially or whether it's with your influence or whether it's with your uh, you know, abilities you know, to just help people. Okay? God wants to use you. God does not have a problem with you having money. You know what the next phrase is. He has a problem with money having you. And one of the best ways to make sure money does not have you is to become a tither and make your offerings to the Lord and help the poor in your community and reach out and meet needs. You know, you can do these things through your church or you can do them in many other ways. Your tithes, however, should, should be coming to the house of God so that there can be food, meat in this house. But there are many ways to be a blessing to people, many ways. And it doesn't all have to come through your local church. 
meet some needs this year decide that you're going to believe god for a little extra to do something extra for somebody else look around you and find somebody that might need something and start a faith project okay and see what god will do to increase you okay uh, just make sure that the world does not get you so addicted to money that you begin to sacrifice to money don't sacrifice your family for money don't sacrifice your integrity for money don't sacrifice you know all that you could do don't sacrifice your morality for money okay let god be your god amen well Look among the nations and watch, Habakkuk 1.5 says. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. <laughs> wow, what a time. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well... Receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.